1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Let's get the party started. Oh, oh that's baby! That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: When
2: was the last time you shipped your pen.
1: You think I'm a goddamn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Bird. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in
0: your What's
1: up, everybody? Josh, Clearing Waivers Podcast, coming at you for another episode of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? We hope you enjoyed uh, your week. Thank you for joining us once again. We always appreciate you stopping by. Uh, always appreciate you sharing us with your friends. I'm going to, st- I'm going to lead it off with that. Give us some, give us some help. Give us some love here. Get us some more of your listeners. We really, really uh, want to get in more people's ears. There's only one way that we could do that. And that's through your help. So as always, we appreciate everything that you've done for us. We, uh, we always appreciate that tonight. We've got another Royals heavy episode. They've done a few things. They've stopped the bleeding maybe we'll see we'll see how that goes uh just kind of stop the schneid and we're working on maybe a winning streak here we'll see we'll see how the night falls uh maybe it'll be last like last week where we make a bunch of predictions and then they come true it's uh <laughs> it was a fun week last week for the clearing Wavers podcast uh beware of the clearing waivers uh, mentioning or giving you any kind of kudos royals or chiefs uh players because uh you're gonna have. It's gonna. The inverse is gonna happen almost immediately. It'll. It'll be a, a fun little experiment that we'll get to try again tonight. But, like I said, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we've got a 40 game sample size. Got a lot to uh, pull from. Um, we've got some. We want to talk about the definitive things that we can pull from this 40 game sample size. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that. We'll do a little Ball Street. We've got some hot takes to to buy or sell, and then we're gonna introduce a new segment. I mean, we're just. Just rolling new segments consistently off of the truck every week as a new segment that'll probably stop after this week. But got a new segment to do in the clearing the waivers, and then we got a couple shenanigans to get into. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's get into clearing the waivers. We're clearing the way. Like I said, Royals are 41 games in, I believe, at this point. Um, that was always Ned Yost and GM DM's favorite uh, measuring pool The first one that you could really pull off and start measuring and start drawing some conclusions about, uh, uh, about what you know, what we've seen in the 40-game sample size so far. The interesting thing is 40 games has happened. Last year, we only got 60 games, and we've already got 40. It seems like it's flown by. Absolutely flown by is those first 40 games. But strap in because there's another 142 to go. So uh at least I mean who knows? Who knows what'll what'll happen in here uh with the royal season. But we've got 40 games, we've got some definitive things. Each one of us has one that is different. We did make sure that they were all different but uh, we've each got one definitive thing that we can say about this Royals team 40 games in. Kitty, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, what was the, your definitive thing that you could talk
0: about this 2021 Royals team? For me, it's that I'm going lineup, and I'm Santana and Salvi need some help. Mm. I mean, they're doing their thing. They are doing what they are paid to do. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the ball hard for Salvi, and Santana's taking his requisite Lead the league in walks, kind of category. So, those guys are doing their jobs. Santana, one hundred forty-two OPS plus. Salvi, one hundred twenty. That's what you want. What you want out of those two? Yep. The rest of the team, ugh, not great. At least Benintendi and Witt hanging around a hundred. So, mm-hmm. get away with that. But then when Solaire's at seventy-one, Dozier's at forty-seven, oh. Nicky Lopez at seventy-six, Michael A. Taylor at seventy-five. I mean, you've got. And whoever else is in the nine hole, ninth batter in the lineup, you've got five spots that are just not doing anything yes. worthwhile in the lineup. Yeah. Most major league pitchers can uh, can handle a, five, a four-man lineup, so you really got to figure something out. Obviously, there's been a little bad luck for Dozier and Soler. They're still hitting the ball pretty hard. They're, both of them have their line drive percentage down a few percentage points from years past, but they shouldn't be this bad, but they're also going to be, even, if, even if they were percentages were about the same, they're still going to be a little down from what they have been in years past. And they probably still at best be right around hundred, which it's okay. But one of those, someone else needs to step up, need that third good bat in the lineup. So that's a worry for me. And then I'm looking at it. What the hell is Terry Bradshaw doing? <laughs> this guy's been cash and checks. thousand. 000- 13 to 17 minor league hitting coordinator. So we've seen all, mostly, almost all of these guys the minor. And then 2018, then now he's been the hitting coach. What's he doing? A whole yeah. lot of nothing, if it looks like. I mean.
1: I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, uh, as, as good as Carlos Santana has been, uh, as well as you mentioned, Ben Attendee, both those guys came from outside of the organization, have a clear different approach to the plate than every other Royals hitter that came that has been around over a couple seasons so I don't think that that is a uh,
0: coincidence at all no exactly i the Royals organization as a whole going back seemingly since they won in 85 they decided no one wants to walk
1: (laughs) the dawn of time yeah
0: I mean ever since they it's just it's crazy how few guys they have on the team that draw the walk or even seemingly try to draw a walk or don't swing at bad pitches so and then i think all the we were all worried about before the year when they brought in michael a taylor he was the same mo low walk high swing right player and he's doing the same here and lo and behold he's got a 775 ops plus it mm-hmm. i mean that article Which, could have been article was written before the year started and he's it's come true already in 40 games
1: you could have 100 percent did like a like a card shark thing like we do i mean like is hunter dozier's mm-hmm. ops plus higher or lower than nicky lopez and i would have missed every one of those every one of those <laughs> have knocked that out.
0: especially after 40 games you would have thought yeah. at least dozier and solaria have been 47. a little higher 47 47 i was surprised it was that bad but That's tough I, yeah he's it's probably rough. got
1: he, i don't know what it is he's got to be at the top if not yeah got to be at the top
0: for like average exit velocity too maybe I didn't, I uh, didn't see that stat today when I was I looking up. numbers up. I don't have that one, but I mean he's definitely hard hit contact percentage is pretty good. Just a line drive percentage is, I think, is what really is hurting him right now. He's like four percentage points below as usual, and then and the thing for Solaire I noticed today is home runs per fly ball is really bad, like seven percent I think it was. Yeah, routinely he's in that twenty one percent, eighteen to twenty percent category. So he could easily have seven or eight home runs instead of the three he has, which would make things look a lot better. Mm -hmm. But maybe this is part of that uh, dead and ball" thing they talked about before the year where some of those fly balls are dying on the warning track rather than going over the fence. Yeah.
1: And I also also wonder, it seems like every time we see both Solaire or Dozier, it's either a strikeout or a pop fly to shallow outfield.
0: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds way too familiar and or a lot of strikeouts. Yes, Yeah, I mean, just the strikeouts again, just so many guys just I mean, I guess part of that is the new philosophy for a lot of hitters in the major leagues anymore. It's sure you don't take a opposite field middle of the field approach with two strikes. You swing for the fences still, which makes a little more sense for Soler, but maybe Dozier might want to think about trying to Cut his swing down a little bit. Try to get two more
1: at three on the team at ninety point nine uh, miles per hour average. Solaire's is at ninety four and Salazar so at three
0: point three. So they're still hitting the ball hard. Maybe I mean it could just be a ridiculous run of bad luck for both of them. Yeah, where they could easily be in that seven fifty to eight fifty OPS range, which would put them in in that good hitter category. So. Yeah hopefully maybe the luck can turn around and we can find that third good above average hitter in their own lineup. So it's because and, uh, I don't think we're going to, you're not going to get very far with only two, two guys and that over a hundred carrying the weight. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, you did mention wit and Ben kind of turning around. I do think that wit has had some better plate appearances here last week or so than he was putting together uh, the previous two or three weeks off that awesome start, uh, mm-hmm. uh right out of the gate. So I uh, came out scorching hot, really cooled off. And I think he's putting together some pretty good plate appearances and obviously Ben attendee is absolutely on fire. So I, yeah. I mean, I I'll, I'll, I'm trying to be the team optimism here. Exactly. I tweeted exactly. about it earlier today that Nikki Lopez is putting together some good at bats. He's got, he's gotten on base, pretty good rate. Yeah. I,
0: I was, bags. he's walking a lot, which is yeah. almost just he under 12. Needs, he needs to be, do, he needs to do that. Cause he's not going to drive the ball very hard. Yeah, most times. So he needs his on base to be a solid eighty to one hundred points above his average. Right,
1: and I, I honestly, like I said, I'll take that gold glove, gold glove caliber defense a second base. Get on, get on base. You know, clip three twenty five somewhere, three twenty five, three fifty, and maybe steal some bags. I will one hundred percent take that from the nine hole spot
0: every time. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's doable because like everyone knows, you can't have nine boppers in the lineup unless you're with the 1927 or twenty seven yankees don't think well, we're getting those lineups
1: 2021 <laughs> dodgers it, when they're fully healthy it's a stupid lineup just filthy just so just... yeah. brian what's your definitive thing of this 21 2021, 2021 sample size well,
2: Kenny's kind of alluding to a, uh, a lack of depth in the lineup that we've seen so far. And uh, my lack of depth has been from the bullpen this year. Mm-hmm. And that's due in large part to, you know, missing some guys from injury. They've moved guys around from either the pin back to the rotation, back to the pin. Zimmer and Han being out for a while really hurt because, you know, Zimmer's one of those guys you're kind of counting on. Hopefully, you know, he's finally figured it out. He's going to be a key piece to the bullpen. He's one of the core guys going into spring training that you could just kind of pencil in. He's going to be one of your guys that you're counting on six through six through the ninth inning to uh, get key outs for you. And they've really just kind of shown their, their lack of depth here recently when like, you know, they finally get back to competitive again, they get that white sauce and they burn a lot of their big bullets, you know, kind of early in the, in the series. And then you get down to that Sunday game and you're still clawing at that at trying to take that series and, you turn to the bullpen and you're looking at Wade Davis, Zuber, <laughs> Jake Brents to try to close out a game for you. And it's just, it's just tough that that the back half of that bullpen is just not where you need it to be if you want to be a competitive team. So I, I looked at those. So if we talk about the core guys going into the spring training, that you could kind of pencil in, they're going to be in the, in the bullpen guys you count on kind of Stamont, Barlow, Holland, Zimmer, Hahn going into the year probably the guys that you're looking to count on in key innings they've been okay they've got a 1.3 whip a 3.52 era just under 11k per nine that's what you want out of the back end of your bullpen for the most part all the others besides them have been at a 1.64 whip 6.14 era a yeah. 9k per nine but that's just not what you want to see from the the rest of your bullpen and it's kind of odd too that Those five guys that that I said have almost the same amount of innings as the others. And there are, there are seven others, but the, the innings pitched were almost equal. I thought that was kind of wild. I think it was like 72 to 69 or something like that, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: we've, we've pitched a lot a of guy
1: like Junis and Herb Santana getting multiple innings when they come right. In and two.
2: Irvin's been good. I yep. mean, I, I, I couldn't lie to myself and, and lump him in with the guys that you were <laughs> counting on go to spring training just to up, right. you know, make those numbers prettier because they would be prettier if, if you uh-huh. put Irvin in there. Um, so I, th- I think that's going to be a key thing to watch going forward because, like you said, we've hit that 40-game mark where Dayton has been known to make some moves on guys. If, if he's just not seen it from them, he'll give give them generally 40 games to prove that they're not ready to c- compete and, and help out this team, and then he might move, move on from them. And that was something going into the year we talked about being kind of a concern if you know, the, all the talk was we expect to win, we, we expect to compete this year, and we were worried that we've seen these Royals teams hang on to guys for too long that are trying to show to you that they cannot compete right now, and we just hang on to them for too long. They get out of contention, and then it's just kind of over from there. So it'll be very interesting to see if 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 GMDM does some uh, some moves out in that bullpen to, to bolster it, um, especially now that you got Duffy on the shelf. So they got to do some mixing and matching there. What what do they do with Junis? They saw him announce that yet. So. Um, it'll, I think I think that's going to be the big key I'm looking for. Other than, you know, once we add Mondesi back to this lineup, what does the everyday, you know, setup kind of look like? That's something I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. But really, they got to figure out how to, how to fix the back half of this bullpen. And they can't afford to give games away just because you get to the end of the bullpen and you can't count on guys anymore. I mean, that just can't
1: happen if you weren't trying to be a competitive team right now. Yep. And, I, and honestly, like, I, w- I had big plans for Jesse Hahn at the back of that bullpen coming into the year too. He had a stellar last season, 2020, uh, could not get healthy there in spring training. And I think he had, he started for Omaha today on a rehab assignment uh, and had a setback in the first hitter. Yep. Um, so I think uh, they're going to have to reassess where he is. So I'm not sure how much we can count on that. Like you said, Zimmer is coming back uh, expected to be, Oh, he is back, right? Yeah, he's, he's been activated. Um, and I, I'm curious to see what all kind of shakes out. We know Daniel Lynch got sent down, Chris Bubich has kind of, you know, seemingly cemented his at least his case to to continue forward in the rotation. Um, you still got Lynch and Coar Carlos Hernandez, I'll throw on there. Uh, since we're talking about the bullpen, um, and then John Heasley is dealing down there, John Boland's de- dealing down there, Alec Marsh. I mean, they've got dudes to potentially look at but they're all still kind of keeping them stretched out as starters so it's going to be interesting to see you know where we are in a couple weeks to figure out if it's truly go time or if it's time to kind of assess the trade market and uh, figure out if there's a way to maybe leverage some of this young pitching to help out a few different areas Um, so i'll be curious to see i did see today that daniel lynch in his you know when he's working through his stuff in Omaha solely out of the stretch right now which is very interesting I don't know Danny Duffy did that uh, when he was trying to work out some mechanics stuff when he was trying to figure out starting pitching you know mechanics and what have you um, and then a lot of those relief pitchers solely deal out of the stretch just to kind of make sure that they're you know doing the same thing so maybe he's working on something maybe they're working on a bullpen roll for Daniel Lynch for now we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that kind of shakes out but
0: Kitty, do you have anything to add to the bullpen worries? Uh, I mean, kind of the same same thoughts. It's just there's so many there's so so many guys on a daily basis that when you get they get brought in, you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. You're so worried about them just getting through one inning that that's not a place where you want to be. Mm-hmm. This harkens back to those 2014 and 2015 teams where you're like, who cares? Bring anyone in, yeah. They're shut down. Yeah. Next four innings are shut down, no matter who you bring in. So
1: and even the mid tough. relievers like Jason Fraser was lights out.
0: Yeah, those guys were all Chris just, Young all, was eating. They all found it. Yeah. it was and going uh, back to good the, times. <laughs> with that and with Lynch going out of the, I feel like there's other guys that have gone out of the stretch exclusively. Yeah, pitching right now in the majors has starters. I mm-hmm. can't bring anyone's name up tough my head, but I feel like that that happens, and for some reason, guys just mechanics might just get a little off when they go to the wind up try and throw too hard, maybe get a little, just a little off and it just doesn't work. And so go to the stretch, keep a little more compact and it works for some guys.
1: I've seen the point made that Daniel Lynch is six, six, lanky six, six. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of movements to kind of keep all that, you know, in place in a repetitive motion when you're, yep. when you're dealing from the windup. So, it, it, you know, it certainly makes sense. Dan, uh, Danny, Duffy still does it right. And he still pitches solely mm-hmm. from the stretch. Yes. So, you know, people do find success with it. I'm not exactly stating that Danny Duffy is the success case
0: for it. but
1: Right, no, I think uh, there's, I think I there's other I
0: thought there's other players that have done it and it's worked yeah. for them. So I don't think yep. it's a necessarily a bullpen move at this mm-hmm. point. But, and if it doesn't work, I mean, he's so young that, okay, we tried it. It didn't work. Let's go back to the windup and go from there.
1: Yeah. I'm not worried about. I think there's too much smoke around Daniel Lynch's prospect pedigree to to panic about him after a few starts here. Um, But it is kind of one of those things where we're kind of in limbo with Mm -hmm. the with the whole pitching staff with, you know, there's plenty of depth coming from the farm. But this major league team has kind of showed that they need some help right now. Um, especially in the bullpen with the injuries that they've had. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they move forward. Like Brian said, this 40-game stretch is usually when Dayton starts to take inventory, see what he needs to do to make sure that he's not selling at the deadline, Um, which kind of brings me to my point. The definitive thing that I could say about this is this team has the 19th best record in baseball coming into the night. Six games out of the division, four and a half games out of the wild card, and on paper it should be way worse it is a they should they should feel lucky that they are currently only 19th worst in baseball or best. I don't know. I don't know how to <laughs> 11th worst, I think is how it should go. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they're really they're really lucky to be in this position. They, uh, especially they're in that good start with the 16 to nine record. They're the batting numbers, peripherals were not great, still not good. They're uh, the bats are currently 22nd overall and wins WRC plus. The pitching overall is 25th in X-FIP, and the defense is currently 27th in defensive runs saved. So, All that apparently equals to the 19th best record in baseball. So there is a little bit of luck to what they've done, which is not a secret. I mean, that winning streak at the beginning and, and the success does seem a little bit lucky at this point, all things considered but they're also not as bad as they've been playing the last couple of weeks. So it's uh, it kind of evens itself out at at this point. So you you're giving this luck of the 19th best record in baseball right now. And you need to do something with this opportunity. This is the definitive thing I could say is that they are lucky to be in the position that they are their next 15 games. Okay. So they stopped the bleeding. The Losing streak is over. They've won three of five recently. The bleeding is stopped. Their next fifteen games are against the Milwaukee game is not counting tonight. Detroit, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and then Minnesota again. Fifteen game stretch. You go ten and five in that run, which is I think completely doable. You come on the other side of that twenty nine to twenty seven. You got momentum coming in there, and then you head to the West Coast to play Oakland and uh, the Angels, which are both solid teams. West Coast is always brutal road. <laughs> road game for some for just it's a long damn trip out there so i think they could totally use that momentum that doesn't quite put them in wildcard contention but it's a whole hell of a lot better spot than they are right now so they got lucky to be in this situation currently they need to take advantage of the opportunity they've been given and uh, roll this into some uh, uh some you know substantial momentum to power them through the rest of the year And I don't think it's a complete
2: pipe dream to think that they can get hot over that stretch when you're playing against bad teams, too. I mean, we're talking about adding Montessi back, which is a huge wild card. And I think if you look at the lineup like Kitty's talked about, the the guys that are putting up decent numbers, they're not playing out of their minds by any means. They're not doing something head and shoulders above what they've always done. It's just we're asking the guys that are underperforming to step it up. And if you get that production and those guys that are playing like they should, say anywhere around there, I mean, you're not just – a lot of times we're fabricating, we're, we're saying, well, if this guy has a career year and right. that guy has a career year and this guy, we're not asking for career years. We're, t- we're asking Dozier and Solaire to kind of be the players who we've seen them be. And, yeah. and you add modesty to that. Like we said, he goes, he's the streakiest guy on this team, but yeah. when he's <laughs> hot, he can win, a, he can win games free for a couple of weeks at a time. So I I don't think it's completely delusional to think this team can get hot. Like you said, they're lucky to be in the position they are right now. And I think they can really, you know, ramp it up and and take off and actually be competitive and look good, but doing it and not just like, well, they kind of got lucky that night. or They got lucky the other night. I mean, they, like that game they played last night against Woodruff, that that was a really good pitcher. Yep. Our pitching staff played really well. Our defense showed up, and everybody played like they're supposed to play. And they played a really good baseball game, and that was huge because you, you're going, you know, you're going against Burns the next night, and you're not expecting to score many runs. So they're starting to look like the baseball team that we thought they would be. So I think we can turn that lucky to be where they are to, hey, maybe they are an actual good team. So let's yeah. see what happens.
1: That Mondesi addition is such, it's always a wide range of outcomes with him. He could yep. be an absolute MVP caliber. Or he could be worse than Hunter Dozier has been a less than <laughs> 47 OPS plus. It's just, yeah, I... it's just a wild ride that always kind of count on Mondesi. And when it would be one thing, if this offense was humming and you're like, now we're going to throw in Mondesi and his upside is going to be pushing Just championship caliber type of offense type of style at this point we sh- I don't want to be in a position to have to rely on him coming back and like jump starting this offense cuz that's just not what he is right now not what we've seen him do he's seen we've seen him do it but it's just not something that we can count on consistently
0: i'm just hoping maybe his presence in the locker room can spur guys on just because no. they know who he is know what he brings can bring the table that it can possibly give a little juice to the rest of the team
1: a huge spark absolutely Everybody's well aware of how talented he is, so yeah, uh, I could totally see that being the case. And you know, kind of looking down the line is, well, we could we could start making some moves here. So, hmm. um, very uh, very interested. Speaking of making moves, we'll talk about that in just a second. We've got <laughs> ball Street to do. We've got takes here. We've got you know, we're we're kind of in our feels about how this team has been going the last few weeks. Um, so we've got some hot takes here that we're going to uh, buy, sell, or hold our stock in. Um, there is a theme song to this. Unfortunately, I can't locate it at this time. So shout out to Summer <laughs> for the uh, the segment theme that he prepared for us. It will happen, I promise. But uh, Ball Street, we're going to start off with this first take, which is I trust Greg Holland to convert a save opportunity right now. Gun to your head. Greg Holland has to save this game in order to save your life. Who's buying, who's selling, and who's holding this? Brian, I'm going to start with you here. I am going to close my eyes and buy
2: just like I do every time he comes in and the game's on the line, he terrifies me, but by God, he seems to get the job done more often than not. And so I'm going to buy it. And we kind of joke about this, you know, amongst us that, you never pitch closers in non-save situations because they always seem to just give up meaningless runs when they don't. Mm-hmm. Ha- they got that weird mentality if the game's not on the line and they're not trying to shut it down. They just seem to not care as much they and get up on it. Yeah, they get stuff. And so I looked at his. Uh, you look at Baseball Reference and you go into the splits. They 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 define high leverage games, mid leverage games, and low leverage games. He's got nine games at high leverage situations where he's giving up a two fourteen batting average six 746 OPS which isn't great but not horrible you look at his low leverage games eight games I won't say amount but he's giving up a 400 batting average and a 1220 <laughs> oh, <God>. 1220 OPS
0: <laughs> so I think he Ray- is he is the rule of don't use closer right. it
2: sure seems My like God. and I mean when you <laughs> wow. think about how they describe this guy I mean he's they talk about he's the guy you want at the end of the night, at the bar, when somebody's mm-hmm. mouthing off and, and you get in a fight, he's he's the one that wants to step up to the plate. So maybe <laughs> that's just how he pitches too. If, if you t- put him out there and it's a one-run game and you need absolutely have to have him, he's coming through. And you put him out there and a, you're down four runs and he just hasn't pitched in four games. And he gives up a couple taters and it's good night, <laughs> folks. But, so I, I I am going to close my eyes and hit the buy button.
1: I like it. I'm actually buying too. uh, you got a stat here. I got his last 11 appearances would basically just takes out the first four games, 4.35 average. Like you said, not much, you know, that's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. But his K per nine is 12.19. Huh. I mean, yeah. Get, I mean, when was he doing that? Yeah. At any time when he was pitching here originally. So, and he's at a doing that at a reduced velocity of what his heyday yes, was. He's a junk baller now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that includes that brutal outing on Sunday. So yeah. he's still, I mean, that's where most of those, that those earned runs came from. Um, and it's like Brian mentioned that closer mentality. A lot of guys don't have that. A lot of guys don't have that, that alpha mentality. And maybe it is a part where it's got about, it's all about adrenaline, all about testosterone. He's 35 years old. I can attest to needing a bit of adrenaline sometimes <laughs> to be able to function properly. You Not on that level. I'm a little low T <laughs> that's never been a, that's never been a secret. It's always been a, always been a thing, but, uh, but as far as other candidates in this bullpen, I mean, him, Stamont, Barlow and Zimmer all just as likely, just as volatile to get blown up any given night. So, you know what? Greg Holland as good of an option. He may not be the most talented, but I think he's got the mentality. He's got the experience, he's got the resume obviously. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm buying that as well. I'm not liking it. I'm, like Brian said, Closing my eyes, I'm swallowing the pill. I'm going to buy a little bit, so <laughs> give it to me on that. Kitty, where are you at? I'm
0: selling. I no, think okay. he is save stock percentages at the highest it's going to be. I think he's Bitcoin early this week. <laughs> and we're worried about a plummet coming soon. It could be a real real nasty for him. I, I mean, he's been great. When I didn't have the uh, high leverage stats in front of me, when I made my decision, it was more just <laughs> – uh, <laughs> More just heart and feel. More gut. I'm more, more of a gut manager myself.
1: If we're if we're being honest, most of us are gut calls anyways, we just go oh, find yeah. some kind of status. Stat, to, stat to back up our gut call. Yep, exactly yep. right. Google me right. You know, on Saturdays when the when the sun is shining and uh, you know only half the stadium is there. He's really good.
0: Oh, I would have a just a giant book of dumb stats like that to back mm-hmm. me up in all those situations. I feel like
1: that is a paid position for the Royals because they always have those weird stats up on the billboards. It's oh, like, they do always. Yeah, I Billy under. Butler leads the league in Tuesday hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They really did. pump. I want to be that guy that just scours the <laughs> split logs. <laughs>
2: But so. boss, I, I can't find a good number for him. You get down there
0: and you find it. <laughs> he, he's not hitting well. Find putouts. Go with defense. Do with a weird put out stat. Who cares? Just get he's, something
1: on the board. He has nine cats and four of them are still alive. <laughs> Did you check
0: Friday the 13th games? Mm. <laughs> well, get on it. <laughs> How about the third Tuesday in May? Come on, guys. We got to work here. <laughs>
1: So, apparently, there's a market for Brian and I to buy. We're going to buy buy Kitty's shares of Greg Holland's right. Saving Games. All right. That's how this game's supposed to work. We did it, guys. We did it. Kitty, we're going to come back to you on this one, too, also involving a <laughs> uh, a pitcher potentially going back and forth between the rotation, old Jacob Junis. The take is Jacob Junis belongs in this rotation. Where are you at, buying, selling, or holding the stock here?
0: I'm going to buy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's a long-term solution for Jake Junish, but I think what the Royals needs right now, this is a definite need for the team and I'm buying it. I think you mentioned earlier how bad his numbers were when he was in their rotation. Seemed like he was getting by with a lot of luck. Hey, sometimes that's what it takes and that's, what's going to work out for you. Maybe he was getting all the good luck where Dozier and Soler are getting all the bad luck. So yeah. even that with those two karma's coming, baby. So I'm going to, I want him in the rotation. Just a few more turns with Duffy out. If Lynch is still working down in the minors, let's give Junis a couple of turns, see what happens. I mean, there's been some other really bad pictures in the rotation recently. so we might, as well.
1: <laughs> might as well throw <laughs> everything against the wall and see what sticks. Put
0: him out there. Yeah, we got a bunch of pieces of spaghetti. See how many of them stick to the wall and how many we got to replace. So, so the Billy Madison pickle against the, pickle <laughs> against the window scene. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm going with Junis. But I'm not very optimistic, but I'm hoping he can throw a few good starts together before other guys are ready to come back in.
1: Yep. Um, I'm going to hold on to this stock because uh, his ratios are pretty on par with what he's done this whole career. Um, and that's kind of translated anywhere from an outcome. Uh, There's about a one whole run in ERA differential to kind of roll through there. So even though the ratios and all the things that he's kind of doing are still kind of up to what he was doing or has been doing. And that kind of translates differently. Like you said, his stat cast percentiles are not good. They <laughs> are very good. One of the worst pitchers in baseball, according to those, um, which is very interesting, but uh, Nerds. At, on the, in the other hand, his xFIP is still very good. I'm a believer in xFIP, and his ground ball percentage is way up from what it usually is. So, uh, you know, there, there could be some legitimacy to that, but also those stat, com- stat cast numbers are usually pretty solid peripherals to kind of determine, you know, where, where, what kind of pitcher they truly are. So uh, personally, I think his, he's going to be biggest role is going to be in the pen in the future. Now it's time to kind of figure that out, especially, you know, he's got the cutter. Let's see where it is. Let's see where that kind of puts him. He's got that nasty slider, but he, he's kind of comboing with pretty average, average offerings. So, we're gonna to have to figure out what his role is moving forward. That might be a long reliever and might be a high leverage, it might be a mid-relation. He might just be traded off in the offseason. We'll have to see how it goes. But I think I'm still holding on to this stock to kind of figure out exactly where I need to throw my money or act next. I think at this point, I've got I've done all the needed clicking to sell all <laughs> of my shares on it. All I need to do is see enough to hit submit. That's where I'm at <laughs> on, the, on the Jake Junis rotation thing. Brian? I'm selling. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen all I need to see from Junis in the
2: starting rotation. Uh, we've given him years to prove that he can be a starter. And the fact of the matter is he's he's a below average starter. And if we really want to talk about competing, competing for division title and in paper on paper, the depth of this franchise is starting pitching. And we've got all these guys that are supposedly stomp- chomping at the bit to break through and claim a role. And if that's the case, if those guys really are legit guys, they need to be better than Jacob Junis. And I I need Jacob Junis, if he's going to be a swing guy that's going to fill in every now and then, if you have an injury, fine with that. But I need Mm. him to be primarily in the bullpen. I actually, even though it's small sample size and he's not been very good in the bullpen coming out of that role, I still think he can be a weapon out of there because Mm. he does have those three pitches to count on. And uh, it always seems like, his his biggest struggle was getting through that, that that lineup multiple times. I think he can he can he can pitch a couple of innings and be very good out of the bullpen. So I would rather roll the dice on one of these young guys bringing them up. Like you said, Lynch was a bad experience, but I wouldn't let that affect you know any other decisions as far as any of these other young guys giving them a shot, throw them in the deep end, see what they got. Because I need that upside, and right now I don't have that upside from Jacob Junis.
1: Yep, and he can do I would, that. I mean, currently he has the second best xFIP as a reliever for the Royals at three point six. It's a pretty solid reliever xFIP. So, it, you know, yeah. there might be there might be
0: something to that for sure. I just I didn't realize he had so many starts with the Royals. Yep. <laughs> kind of an unheralded career from twenty seventeen till now. I was mm-hmm. uh, a, little, a little surprised how long he's been. Uh, Eighty eight starts. Yeah, I mean, I would well, have been way below that if I had to guess the number.
1: And he's just as volatile as any of them. He's, he can he can come out and throw seven un you know unscored, or he can last two and a third and get blown up. Yep. He's got a high capacity either way. Um, next take, I approve of the job that Mike Matheny has done as manager in the season. I mean, there's only been sixty some games that he's been at the at the helm. So, the take is that I approve of his job, and I am buying this. There was a lot of people jumping ship on the Mike Matheny train last week when they had that tough Wade Davis, you know, experience there in the ninth against Chicago. The bullpen was shallow. Like we said, injuries, Stallmont and Barlow were both presumably unavailable after throwing two days in a row. A lot of pitches for both of them those two days too. Holland's already used. So your options were Wade, Zuber, Irv, Jake Newberry, Jake Junis, or Jake Brents. And all of those are just as likely to do what Wade Davis did than uh, Wade Davis and Wade Davis has save games. He has that mentality that we were kind of talking about that, you know, closers definitely need. And that lineup is very, very potent. So it could have 100%, especially against Rowdy, righties, best hitting lineup against righties is that Chicago White Sox team. So you're not throwing Jake Brent out there to get shelled. You're you're probably throwing <laughs> the dude with the best experience, best resume, the guy you trust the most. And I think that is Wade. So even in that situation, I understand where his head was at. Didn't work out. It happens. It, you know, that kind of stuff happens. I feel like he's making the correct moves when he needs to do them. I mean, moving minute, up and down, up and down the lineup when it needs to happen and it really worked out Santana, they're using his on base percentage, putting him in the two hole and minute was in the third hole last night. I love that move. Uh, keeping wit at the, at the top of the lineup instead of shuffle him around was a great. And then just kind of filling in from there. I, I mean, from all things considered, at this point, I can't put any of these losses at the at the feet of Mike Matheny at this point, in my opinion. So, I am I approve of it. I'm buying all the stock in that take as I possibly can at this point. Brian, where are you? I am also buying that statement. Um, I think last
2: year kind of got a little nervous because listening to the Cardinals fans, they all said Mike Matheny's a tinkerer. He likes to tinker with things and try to fix it before it really gets broken, and just move stuff around, and nobody can kind of get you know any rhythm going. I think we, this year we've seen a reduced amount of tinkering going on, and like you said, I mean, you can pick apart that one decision with the Wade Davis thing on Sunday, but by and large, I don't really have any problems when he makes pitching moves, and that's really the main thing you want out of your manager is to know when to pull a guy and when to when to go to another reliever. And so far, I haven't really had any. Issues with him there. Uh, the players seem to love to play for him. He he uh, publicly has their back all the time. Even if he's arguing about a call that he was wrong about, he, he's always got their back, and th- they like to see that. Even if they know too that it was it, he's wrong in saying that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you want because you know, it's a long season. You, you're listening to the same manager over and over again. If you get tired of what he's saying, if you have an asshole like Tony LaRusa you're going to stop paying <laughs> attention to him at some point. So. I'm glad to have Mike Matheny as the manager. Um, He's good with the media too. I I feel like he's, he's, he's much better at, they used to have a problem with him being an asshole in St. Louis with the media. Mm. He was very abrasive with them and they'd question decisions and he'd basically be like buzz off type of of energy. But now (laughs) I feel like he, he does a great job explaining every decision that they make. And you can tell sometimes he still has that in him. Like, God, I don't want to answer this stupid question from you right now, but here's what's going through my mind. Here's what I'm thinking. And so you come away after his post-game pressers, like really understanding what they're thinking during the game. And it's not just, you know, if you scroll through Twitter all the time, they can tell you all the right and the wrong things that, that managers are doing. So I can see really gets frustrating, but Mm. um, I I appreciate just kind of his openness on explaining a lot of stuff that they do. And like I said, at the end of the game, whether they win or lose, I, I really haven't had a whole lot of issues with his substitutions or at all. So I'm going to
1: say keep him around. I, lo- I love it. Let's keep rolling with Matheny. Yeah, what a timely time to uh, have this buying and selling with Tony the La Russo <laughs> completely shitting on all of his players. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. The, the quote against with Lance Lynn today was even worse than is- anything with anything he said with Yerman. Yep. Oh, I didn't even see the Lance Lynn thing. He, he basically is like, Lance has a locker and I have an office. Yep. Oh, geez What an asshole <laughs> yeah, come, is that. Yeah,
0: that's because you can't play baseball mo- anymore, you old fuck.
1: Well, he can't. He can't drive. <laughs> I mean, he can't do a lot of. God that. damn! What an asshole. Kitty, are <laughs> you? Where are you at on Mike Matheny though? Um, I, as a threefer, I'm. i a three for. I'm buying as well. Mike Matheny. Official. I mean, I actually. Perf- was podcast manager.
0: I actually prefer the abrasive interview style <laughs> of, of <laughs> Matheny back then. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Why did I make that statement? It's pretty. Odd. Like, look at the roster. Look what. Uh, come on. That's the decision was made because my options were limited. This is what I had to do. Yeah, maybe he could have thrown Irv Santana as a, in, in a safe situation. Has Irv ever had a safe situation? I don't even know. Probably not. So I understand the move to go to Wade, go with the, the veteran in that situation. It didn't work out. And from, I believe, what it looked like on all the replays, the guy was out of home. Should have gone extra yeah. anyway. So yeah. That loss isn't really on Matheny as much as it is, or Wade Davis as much as it is on the umpires. Yep. And then New York apparently learning of what the call originally is so they don't overturn it unless some weird evidence is present itself, which that's a whole other uh-huh. thing to talk about.
1: I will but, shout out uh, an article on Royals Review this week. Max Reaper took a dive in the, the review play system. That was really good. Okay. I really recommend
0: that. Yeah, and... A manager can only do so much with the – he's given this deck of cards. Some managers get a bunch of aces and kings. Mm -hmm. Some guys, you know, you've got a bunch of twos, threes, fours, five, all the way through the whole deck, and you got to figure out what the best way to put these guys together to put them in winning situations. And as we went over earlier, the depth of the lineup and the bullpen and the rotation struggles, I mean, he's got the team – seemingly it looks like they believe still in their ability and what they're doing this year. And that can't be easy, especially coming off a another double digit losing streak for this, for this franchise, which seems to happen way more than any other team. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, there's only so much you can do with what you have. And then it eventually gets to the point of, is the manager getting the most out of the players he has? Right. And, that takes more than what is he at 100 games with the 60 last year and 40 this year. That's been it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to put a hole on him at this point. So I think we'll know a lot more into this season how guys that we've seen that we talked about that are underperforming. If he can get more out of him, see where we where the team ends up. But at, right now, I'm buying. I think the team believes in him, and feel like he has. He's changed a little bit from what he was in St. Louis. He's not the new lineup every single day. So, I mean, he, he moved Ben like you said. He moved Benintendi around when Benintendi wasn't hitting. He wasn't afraid to move him down early. I think a part of that is a good way to take pressure off guys when they're not performing. One
1: hundred percent. You're in the
0: two hole. I'm not hitting. Oh my. Oh my God. I got to. Got to hit. I got to hit. Got to hit. Got hit. Oh, I'm batting seven. Just relax. Not as much pressure in that seven spot. So I like what he's done, and I'm willing to roll with him for the rest of this year, and hopefully this team can pick it up and make some good moves and put him, a, put him in a better position to succeed itself as well.
1: Yeah, I think you do make a good point. I think there's not a lot of guys that I could probably say that he's not getting the best out of right now. Um, all these guys, including Michael A. Taylor, uh, he's still getting, I guess, the effort. As much as you can from Michael A. Taylor, he, he gives, uh, I don't question his effort every night, but boy, his face is just locked in or somber, or no matter if he's hitting grand slams or <laughs> striking out four times, <laughs> he's so a he's robot, got the same face. <laughs> I mean, that's something to appreciate about him, but I, I do agree that Matheny is, uh, is getting quite a bit out of his players, if not all of them. So we're in on it. Let's keep it, keep it rolling here. Quick one here. Let's get out of here with this one. Buying or selling or holding the Royals will be within one game of 500 by June 1st. I mentioned that stretch they've got coming up, so uh, could be a little bit interesting. But uh, Brian, are you buying, selling, or holding the stock? Well, to do that, they're twenty-two currently, they're gonna have to go seven and four uh, uh-huh.
2: through the rest of this month. So I'm gonna say, let's say we drop tonight against Burns, he's he's well, he's up for probably Cy Young right now, right? Now. Uh, so let's say lost tonight i say we get back on the train sweep the tigers i say we'll take one out of three against the Rays at least take two or three against the twins beat the pittsburgh pirates the last day of the year to get you to exactly 500 on june 1st (laughs) so i'm gonna buy that let's go you don't have to you don't have to squint your eyes too much to see that they they can you know put together a seven of four record against those teams
1: Okay. I am too buying it for the exact same reason. So it's pretty easy. Kitty.
0: I'm going to sell. Okay. I just, it's if they don't get it tonight it's seven and three, the, those next 10 games, not easy to do. Yes. Even if you go two and one, two and one, two and one, which at six and three, it's not easy to win three straight series against any, any team. So I'm going to sell and, but hope they hope they get to at worst, a six and a four record over the next 10 and, Get really close to that 500 record you yep. can live
1: with that two
0: games out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, uh three yeah It'd be all okay. right with 25 and 27 would be just fine
1: mm-hmm. yep 100 uh breaking news i think cory kluber is through eight with no no hitting i think who's he no hitting take that clearing so waivers, curse, cory kluber that's
0: right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's Hell against yeah. the rangers he's through eight so after, uh, fresh off the hills of Spencer Turnbull, no hitting the, who was it? The Mariners last yep. night? Did they,
0: did they yeah. lower the mound that we didn't hear about? <laughs> lower the mound and, uh, and or raise make, the mound, the raise, the mound. Higher. The, uh, raise the mound is the, uh, makes it easier. Sorry. Yeah.
1: They lowered it and then they moved it in like five feet. <laughs> they raised the mound and yeah, move closer to play. Guys are just dealing this year. Yeah, they are. Uh, new segment alert. Here we go. This is it. We're going to do this quickly. Hopefully um, we're calling it. Let's make a deal. Uh, trademark pending. We'll see how that goes. Probably got to sh- shuffle it away from Wayne Brady, but uh, we're <laughs> going to, each one of us has one transaction. We'd like to ro- the Royals to make, to kind of send them off into the direction that we think that they are headed uh, to better prepare for where they're headed. <clears throat> so I, we've got three different ones. I think they're kind of going from uh wild and simple it's it's quite a range uh uh, quite a range that we're kind of running so i'm going to lead off with the one that kind of makes the most sense here brian i'm gonna start with yours what's yours is kind of the most simple move what's your what's your deal that you'd like to make you're simple josh so i'm gonna (laughs) at the 40 game mark we
2: talked about we know if you can compete or not and i'm sorry to say i i don't think waiter's ready to compete anymore uh, I hate to see him go, but I need I need him DFA'd because I need that forty man spot because I want to promote our version of Copac and Alex Reyes or a Josh Hader, a guy that I want to want to call an, an ah shit guy, one of these young guys <laughs> I want to turn into our ah shit guy out of the bullpen because we all know that. We face these guys going against the other team. Your team's down two after six innings, and you see Kopech or one of these guys come in. They're going to give them two innings, and you're going to be lucky to get one guy on base. And it's like, I know we want to keep these guys in the minors or starters as long as we want, right? But they're all almost on the same timeline. They can't all fit in the rotation. I've talked about before, I hate wasting live bullets in the minor leagues if they're ready to compete in the major leagues. We have a depth problem in the bullpen. We might be able to patch it up at the, the trade lead line, but I want to turn one of these guys into the ass ah, shit guy in the bullpen. Whether that's Kowar, you know he's got two, you know, major league ready pitches with his fastball and his changeup. Yep. He, he's absolutely ready to be an off ah, shit guy. Bolin, he's twenty four years old. And he's got a nasty fastball slider combo. He's only in Double A right now, but. It's not like he's twenty one years old. He's twenty four. He in that same draft with all these guys that are competing now. He could be the ass shit guy out of that. And the Duval's guy, Will Klein, throws hundred miles an hour from the left side of the plate. Mm-hmm. He's in lower level minors right now too, but he can absolutely. He's got major league ready stuff in, from the bullpen. We we all wanted Dick Lovelady to become that ass shit guy out of the bullpen. It hasn't happened yet. It's, he's still a candidate to be that guy. <laughs> no. We've got internal options and they're not all going to be able to be used in the starting rotation. Knock on wood, we don't have a plethora of injuries. But <laughs> when you when you look at the rotation and see Minor, Keller, Duffy, guys like that that you, not, you don't really want to put them in the pin and you're not ready to force a, a guy up from, from Omaha, I want an all-shit guy. Turn him into a reliever for this year. We can make him a starter down the road, but let him eat right now in the majors. Let him compete and help this team win.
1: I'm very interested in adding a role in the bullpen. You got the swing mm-hmm. man, you got the setup role, you got the closer, and then the all shit guy is somebody completely different. I'm very, think, very into that. I think that was Stallmont last year, pretty much, yep, wasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's he kind of embraced the role of closer, right? They've been
2: exclusively using him there. They don't really use him for mm-hmm. multiple innings anymore. So mm-hmm. I want to right. use one of these young starters, especially yep. in a year where people are worried about innings limits and all that crap. I mean, if you bring up Jackson Kowar and use him two innings at a time every three days or whatever, I mean, that's a that's a weapon. I mean, sign me yes. up.
1: Yep. I'm into that. I, I like uh, it. I am, uh, especially this season. Uh, if we're going to showcase these dudes that potentially be, you know, currency in the long run to get an impact bat down the road, I'm very inter- interested in showcasing them on the on the grand stage as well. So and it works, if you don't? it
0: if worst, if you don't move them, you – Give them some major league experience on the way up, and absolutely get them ready to get to that rotation spot.
2: You in can work training- on your third and fourth pitches in the offseason, bullpen
0: sessions. <laughs> yeah, in the bullpen sessions. So the bullpen yep.
2: sessions
1: yeah. Just go pick some brains of those major league guys, those vets that can give you give you some some uh, tips and trade tips of the trade. Uh exactly. Kitty, what's your
0: uh, what's your one move here that you'd like to see? All right, so Lair, your DH, no more outfield for you. That's pretty reasonable. Had about (laughs) enough of him butchering balls out in right field. Uh Uh-huh. Can't imagine Uh, why. Mr. Fundamentals here. (laughs) Outside of that, I am – O'Hearn's down either. If he's got options left, option him back down. I mean, we don't need a DH that can't freaking hit. What's the Mm -hmm. point? Awesome. He's he's got a – He's a left-handed bat. (laughs) 68 plus OPS his last 163 games. I think we're done. You're, You're burnt you're gone. You and with that move, I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing up an outfielder. Let's give me all guys raking right now. Yep. Just need a hot bat. I don't, if maybe it won't, tra- maybe it won't translate, but he can't do any worse than O'Hearn. So let's bring him up and see what happens. Just, I need something else. Somebody else needs to come up and take those ABs away from O'Hearn. He's, I mean, it's 19 K's and 44 at bats. Phenomenal. Yep. No, we're done. <laughs> I think we figured it out yeah 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 he can't he can't hit major league pitching he was it, really good back in 2018 though yeah i noticed it was he had a <laughs> i saw i looked 154 ops his first 44 games it was very good yeah 68 plus his last 163 i think they figured him out Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. he
0: didn't adjust they did so i
1: think the ship might have sailed for sure but you know yeah we're so team now- optimism we want to we want everybody to perform really <laughs> well all the time and uh, that's right if they Some just guys just—it's just
0: unfortunate. I'm, I'm ready I for. I, I have don't. no personal issue with the hernia. He seems like a nice guy, but you're <laughs> yeah, not getting true. it done.
1: You're out. Yeah.
0: So now so I,
2: I need the spicy trade. Ooh. Let's make a deal, Josh. Give it to
0: us. Daddy. Yeah, we had simple. Almost just a, probably less than simple, and that common was the sense. new one.
1: What's the <laughs> uh, yeah? Cooper, what's the fun? The,
0: what's the wild
1: move? So, Daddy is a big trade guy i will (laughs) research stupid hypothetical trades until the day i die i've done it ever since i caught like the franchise on mlb the show i'm mr trade mr transaction (laughs) always so daddy's gonna bring a trade almost every time to this to this new segment so we mentioned it that these young starters are currency these starting pitchers currency jim dm has uh mentioned this in the past i think this is why we've developed the depth clearly there is a an issue with positional player prospect depth especially in center field uh marcus mead mead i believe his name on royals farm report did a piece on it today uh, just just coincidentally you know we we're kind of on the same page that there is not that much center field prospects in this royals farm system not many guys that you can hang your head on maybe eric pena is able to stick in center field. But I think they mentioned that his, you know, he's starting to fill out that frame a little bit more. So they think he might be more for the corners. Um, ben Attendee's a corner. Obviously Kyle Isbell might be a center fielder, but he's probably built for the corners. Oliveris is probably not a center fielder. So I think we need to go use some of this currency to go find our center fielder of the future. And I think he's in currently in Seattle. <clears throat> so I think we need to trade Chris Bubich coming off right now. He's, he's definitely the best of the group here so far generating weak contact consistently. His clock has already started. So we're going to trade trade Chris Bubich to Seattle. They need some left-handed pitching prospects to go with their, uh, their young core. They've got a, a plethora of outfield prospects and Jared Kelenic, uh, Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Lewis are all out there already. So they've got Taylor Trammell out there <clears throat> he's the prototype for a general manager dayton moore's center fielder he's got great speed he's got upside with the bat but he's got swing and miss in there <laughs> um, he's currently i was about
0: to, was about to ask if he, he can't cur- fucking
1: hit <laughs> currently on a te- on a tear in AAA. I think he's had home run the last like He's like five home runs last six games. Oh, like there that. we go. Okay, he
0: can't hit. All right, so go. he
1: can hit. He's got huge upside with the bat, but there is some swing and miss in there. But he's got a great glove. He's got a great on-base skills. He's got great uh, – he's very fast, very good runner. Um, so I think that he will stick in center field, and he is the prototype. He's got a lot of control left. He's got upside. So I want Taylor Trammell on this team, and then throw in – rider from that bullpen he has got great numbers in 2021 kind of a vet he's 30 years old good k percentage and two and a half years of control so I think you know I was talking to uh, Joel Penfield Royals Farm Report and Alex Duvall both about this move Joel's a big Mariners guy both of them have their you know finger on the pulse of the farm systems here Joel thinks that you know. His stock is a little bit low because his numbers in 2021 are not great in the majors, and he did not have a great 2020 debut. So it may not even take Chris Bubich to go get t- Taylor Trammell from Seattle, and Jerry Depoto is all over the place. He lo- he he loves <laughs> trades as much as Daddy does. So it may not take it may not take Chris Bubich. It might take some one of these other arms that uh, that we can go get. The center fielder of the future go get taylor trammell from seattle mariners right now lock up that center field position for the long term
2: i'll so just trade for khalil lee then right
1: who apparently is <laughs> zero for seven with seven strikeouts <laughs> for the mets I okay that. scratch that <laughs> off <laughs> i was great worried trade. about his swinging mess swinging miss too but he's a <laughs> yeah he's he, he's got a lot of he's got a career ahead of him hopefully but uh, right now not a
0: great not a great start but uh,
2: i like the i like the thinking there
0: we'll uh, no, Center field is definitely a weak spot in the uh, pipeline and in the current roster.
1: And boy, let me tell you when the Royals were hot, who'd they have, they had a solid dude in center field, just making plays also very good with the bat. Trammell is left left-handed batter as well, which is something that the, you know, always a little bit more valuable than, than a right-hander mm-hmm. at that point. So um, I, it, it all depends on how Seattle kind of sees him in the long run, but I would very much like to add Taylor Trammell to this lineup long-term for sure. So that's a new segment. Let's make a deal. I like it. I think, I think there are some uh, proposals here that'll get uh, taken right up, and then some that will not even be listened to. Um, I'll <laughs> let the listeners kind of decide which ones those are, um, but uh, we'll kind of have that in the future with some more, uh, some more deals that we'd like to see come to fruition the more games we see. So that's all we got for clearing the waivers. We've got some DFA, some, uh, I'm sorry, some shenanigans to kind of come after the break here so uh, we'll be right back right after this
0: most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like google meta and apple Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. (laughs) Right. Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.
1: And we're back. We've got some shenanigans to kind of roll through here. Um, some that I really, really like, we've got a key trade cut that we, uh, we kind of wanted to lay on the table, but first we've got one of my favorite games is waiver sharks. We've kind of taken the waiver watch. We've got the old, uh, waiver sharks. We're putting them together. I'm going to see what these two can do with uh, the waiver sharks. No theme song. We're getting right to it here. I've got a list of 11 movies or TV shows. They all have a common theme or something in common between them. So these two are going to try to figure that out. Kitty, I think your move for let's make a deal was slightly more reasonable than what Brian's trying to get, even though I love the "oh shit guy. I love that. So, right. Kitty, you're going to be the one picking the doors tonight. I have only got two doors it. to walk through. <laughs> you want door number one or door number two.
0: I'm going to go two. I think my deal was more just... More realistic than reasonable. <laughs> okay, and maybe that's more the, uh, the word you want to go for. Okay, well, I, I mean, I think Neil started with an R, though. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I Man, I don't disagree. It's reasonable either, but I, I think they're going to stick with Wade for a little longer.
1: Uh, it wouldn't be out of character <laughs> for the rules to do something like that. But uh, so anyway, you, either way, door two, two. Let's do let's this. Two. We've got ten i'm gonna say it i think all every both of these categories are all movies so we got 11 movies here you're going to try to guess the rotten tomato score if it's higher or lower than the one previously to it and then you're going to try to guess the common theme or critics audience between them. I remember it is a critic score for this one all right my favorite um, love those critics love so those pick a starting networks. point one through eleven
0: we're gonna go George Brett, number five.
1: Number five. Let me Look at that! Right
0: I knew it. a number from somebody. How Great about it? job!
1: <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> really Thank impressive. You. Uh, George Brett. <laughs> George Brett movie is Flight. Okay. Critics gave it a seventy-seven okay. percent. Okay. Is Airplane higher or lower than a oh, seventy-seven <laughs> percent?
0: Oh no! Oh, it's hard. Oh, because this was made back when critics had a sense of humor. Well, oh, I will geez. say
1: I will say that <laughs> both of these lists have multiple uh, trap doors. And you landed right in there. I
0: found one quick. You oh, were, no.
1: You were supplanted on on the exact doorstep of one of them. I wonder what the theme could be. Well, you would. Maybe it's a trap. <laughs> no, it's a trap yeah, that's another, another trap door. Oh, 77% airplane, higher or lower? God, I gotta go lower. Gotta go lower. Airplane is a 97%. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Josh's hard work pays you, off. You you were not kidding that this is back when the, the critic did have a sense of humor. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good of a sense of humor. Oh, <laughs> oh my my goodness. Nielsen apparently uh, was still critic-proof back in the airplane <laughs> days. <clears throat> oh, wow. Would you like to take a stab at the common theme in,
0: in these movies? I mean, I feel like airplane's too obvious. (laughs) Maybe it's not.
1: This is my poker face. You don't know. Uh, Or maybe my my screen just froze. One of those two. Was was Leslie Nielsen
0: in flight?
2: That would (laughs) have been
1: a great cameo. (laughs) (laughs) They really missed opportunity there. I should have brought him in.
0: That would have been so good. Just I'll just go with a
1: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar one in there.
0: Yeah. This NBA star. So that's the common theme. Uh, let's go with this. I'm going to go airplanes. And you got it.
1: Oh, God. Right. So you did get one point. Got one point. <laughs> Bri- the good news is, is that might win. Brian is yep. not good at these. Nope. I am also very bad at 50, <laughs> oh 50, Brian is God. right there. With me. So 97, 97%, uh, 97% uh, airplane. Wow. I really wish you to hit something. Like I got, I got soul plane in here, I got money plane. <laughs>
0: Snakes on a plane. Oh, Snakes on freaking, a plane. freaking money
1: plane. I, oh, one of the what? pitfalls, one of the pitfalls was Catch Me If You Can and The Aviator. You wouldn't have known both of those involved being being pilots and stuff, so God, you'd have
0: never I, known. Yeah, those, yeah, those two. I, I had nothing to do with planes ever. Or
1: if <laughs> I backed up Con Air and Executive Decision. Back to back. That would have been tough. Solid. Lazy, Brian, money playing with Kelsey lazy. Grammer. What a film! What a film! I do need to see that. It's had a lot of people in it Thomas Jane, it's Luke Evans, so, and big cast. It's so, so stupid! Big time cast. Give me <laughs> number eight, Josh. Door number one, door number, and you're starting to number eight. Your first one is Zoolander. Okay, got a <laughs> 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, see.
0: Critics really lost their sense of humor in those yeah, 15, 20 really fell <laughs> off. Airplane to Zoolander.
1: Your next movie is Cars. Oh, no. Oh, no. Higher or lower than 63%. You
2: don't mean to uh, compare Zoolander to a children's cartoon movie. <laughs> you know what, Brian? I sure do. I sure want you to do that right now. <laughs> well, I think
1: it was – I never saw it, but I think people loved it, so I'm going to go higher than 63 it was higher at seventy four percent. All right, so you got a tie ball game here. Okay, Slander so. and Cars. So Plains. next movie, <clears throat> Cars is seventy four percent. Next movie is Wedding Crashers. Oh no, this was right around oh. the time they really lost their sense of humor. We lost their sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> higher, I, lower than a seventy four percent.
2: I mean, universally beloved by audience, but did critics? buy into
1: it that certainly does not matter most of the time
2: oh my god they these fart sniffers just right around their heyday of just shitting on really great
1: comedies so i'm gonna go lower <laughs> you should have went higher okay. oh no way it was a 76 percent oh barely <laughs> so right there good Shit. lord and i That's feel like so this was i think they had still had a sense of humor in this in this run I think they still was, were there. It wasn't close, shortly after I they lost it, but it is there.
2: I mean, seventy six is still way too low. I that agree. Movie, that movie's a ninety five. I mean, yep. so many one liners, great mm-hmm. cast. I mean, what what do you
0: want from a comedy I'm, if it's not that I, and, a, a, and a love story? Yeah, give him a love story too. Truly really a rom com. Mm-hmm. It's a rom com. You think about it.
1: And we're not we're here we're we're here talking like seventy six is not like a good score. It's still that's still very good, especially for critics in a comedy movie. But it certainly should be higher. That's dumb. What's the um, theme of this? <laughs> the theme of cars. Little, f- I'm sorry. Yeah, cars, Zoolander, and Wedding Crashers. What I gotta guess if he doesn't get yeah. it. Well, there's no steals, so okay, in a tie. Yeah, yeah I, new rule, steals. New rule. <laughs> uh, I guess that could be the tiebreaker. How about uh, Christopher Walken? Owen Wilson. It was Owen Wilson. Okay. That is correct. <laughs> what would you think that Meet the Parents got? <laughs> Higher or lower than the 76? Was that it's the first one?
0: Yep. That's a, uh, oh, that the first one.
1: Yep. I think they like the first one. I got them all on here. Man. Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and Little Fockers.
0: That's true. I would have thought they'd like it, but God, it's hard to think. I Meet the Parents go.
2: compared to Wedding Crashers?
0: Yeah. 70 Uh,
1: higher higher. than 76
0: i'd go lower i'm gonna go higher 84 unbelievable there's a i I think i think i've i'm maybe cracking the code slightly Mm. raunchiness is a factor yeah what is it raunchiness Hmm. raunchiness wedding crasher is a little raunchy at times sure meet the parents
1: if if that's that's the bearing then very little raunch (laughs) Little Fockers must have been super raunchy because it was a 9%. Well, there's also
0: really shitty movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which one between Armageddon and Anaconda do you think had a higher score? Armageddon. Armageddon. (laughs) Barely. Armageddon had a 38%. Anaconda (laughs) was a 37%.
2: What? Anaconda was awful.
1: And Armageddon was at least respectable. Whoa. Whoa. No, 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 a, no! You're I'm not. You're not. I'm taking
2: issue no. with this take. <laughs>
0: no, <Nah. laughs> Anaconda was terrible.
2: People loved Armageddon,
0: I, right? I loved it. Love. Yeah, it. I love the. I loved Anaconda. What are you Critics talking about? stink. I liked Anaconda. I'll watch Anaconda way before I watch Armageddon again.
1: I mean, that's
2: fair that's for different fair. reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depends on what yeah, you're
1: what you're looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a any day of the week, Sunday any time afternoon. of day. If,
0: if I got two hours, I'm watching Anaconda before my trip again. I just need John Voight to be thrown up from a snake and then winks uh, at you. And then it give winks at wink. me. Exactly. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> every bone in his body is crushed, but he's still alive enough to give you a little wink. Shut up, John Voight. Get out of here. With <laughs> <Anaconda>. <laughs> he's Such so good. I love movie. that movie. So stupid. <laughs> it's good. Um, Let's move on we've got a we've got another sh- shenanigan here i do have let's go ahead and uh play the music for key trade cut, key trade cut don't give it to you. just realizing that between this and the uh neil diamond key trade cut i mean it kind of sends off two different vibes here it depends on you your what you kind of i should really think about this a little bit more about what we play here because I, I don't know if uptown funk was a little bit uh too hype for this one maybe, maybe not <laughs> um, I don't know. Nice key trade cut is uh which fan are you going to be watching a game with you're going to go to the ballpark or sitting on your couch uh, you're going to watch a game with one of these guys you're going to watch a game with the eternal pessimist the debbie downer of the group or flip side the eternal optimist mr sunshine uncle hood is a very good uh, uh suspect for the eternal optimist or the i told you so guy the guy who has always told you so from the day you ever met. So, we're going to keep trade cut each one of these. Um, Brian, I'm going to have you wait. Who won? No, I Kitty think won. You,
0: that. I think you should probably start. I think, I think you because be. we were so bad. Yeah, yeah I think you put right. in the I'll effort to you. find
1: those movies. I think you're right. I think I, we tied I it at
0: one. I think you should start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to go ahead and trade the only one with any kind of trade value here, which is the ultimate optimist. Um, I think you're the only ones that you could ever stomach being in the same room with without some kind of counterpart. So I'm gonna go ahead and trade the team optimist. I'm gonna cut the pessimist. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why I'm doing it kind of out of the order here. I'm cutting the pessimist because they're the worst. They're gonna Trojan horse you saying, I'm a pet I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. No, you're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> The best you can get is like when they make a diving catch and they're like, oh, that was about a half inch away from being really bad. Shut up! It was a great catch. <laughs> get get out get out of my life. That's as good as they're gonna get. If things go worse than that, it's just only gonna get worse. Get out of here. Cutting up ultimate pessimist here. Uh, that means I'm keeping the I told you so guy because they're the lesser of two evils. They they might be you know happy that they told you that they were gonna do something good. They might be you know. Happy that they told you something bad was going to happen. Either way, it's a self-serving move. I can understand why nobody wants to see them or spend the game with them. But they always need a handler, the guy that's going to give them and serve them and serve them up a piece of humble pie. I have a picture in my brain that this is Rance. He's always going to be the one that's going to be able to get them in line, give them that humble pie, give them that witty quip, and be like. Yeah, you told us so, but you tell us literally everything. <laughs> Everything's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm trading for the ul- the, ul- the ultimate I told you so guy's handler. Hmm. That makes sense? The put him in, in check. Keep him in check, guy.
2: Yep. So this guy has a
1: great memory. He remembers all the bad takes when they forget yeah. all the ones. Yes. They yes. Yep. Right. Brings make- them, it it kind of levels them out. And I will find great pleasure in that.
2: Good trade. Good trade.
1: <laughs> that is good. Uh, I, it, it's kind of the, uh, yeah, the catalyst, the one that kind of brings it back to, back to neutral. And I can really enjoy the game at that point. So, um, we're going with Kitty because you knew Owen Wilson. What's your key trade right. this
0: week? I am gonna little go out of order too. I'm going to cut the, I told you so guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like that guy. I don't like him one bit. And I understand probably has some, some value in out there, but for me, just, yeah, like you said, there's so many times they're wrong that the handful of times they're right during a game is just so annoying. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew he'd hit a home run. I told you he'd hit a home run. The better yeah, you also, averaged, you also the also said the, the last eight. Right. You said the last eight guys were going to hit home runs, and all of them struck out. So where mm-hmm. were you then? So that, that guy, I, I just can't. That guy just angers me way too much. So I'm going to, but Sounds I'm going like to keep you got
1: some potential for my handler guy.
0: <laughs> oh God, I, I'm in that I'm in the mix. Yeah. I'm going to keep the eternal optimist. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch a game with Rex Huddler mm-hmm. than most people. I know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as if they had a bad attitude towards the game, even if or decent attitude, but Rex Huddler's just, he's happy. He's watching baseball. He's having a great time. These guys yep. are playing their damn hearts out. Let's do it. I guess he'd say dang hearts out they they're dang hard. Rex Hilder is fantastic. I I'm a, I'm a Rex Hudler fan have been for years. Love the guy.
1: He gets a little but, preachy when he turns into like tough love, tough love, uncle hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once in a while, he
0: kind of, they, they can grind him down a little bit and he just come on
1: guys. They need to be <laughs> pushing the ball. Everyone's going up with a pull the ball mentality. They need to be pushing mm-hmm. it opposite field.
0: Yeah. yeah he's a big <laughs> opage guy. I mean, when your uh, career was up op- opposite field hits, that's kind of where you, uh, kind of where you butter your bread so you're gonna push guys to go that direction uh-huh. not sure if this guy's got much trade value that eternal eternal pessimist yeah but i'm gonna trade him i'm gonna go the gambler yep i like to roll the dice we'll gamble a little bit during game so i think it's it's fun it can be fun i need i guess i should say probably call him the low stakes gambler you, you know <laughs> yeah five ten bucks bets, not the uh hundred dollars to a thousand dollar bet guy so a I, I, high I don't stakes need the, guy
1: can ruin your your life oh yeah,
0: yeah i don't need the higher roller. i need the low stakes gambler <laughs> to come come hang out with me during the game with the eternal optimist who we can probably take advantage of a little bit during the game with the gambling
1: yeah and if you lose Which all is a little money, i mean i just, tell it's, you it's, what all the good things about your life you still have to yeah. go for <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true it's a i mean it's a little rude of us to or me to Bring the gambler into the eternal optimist's arena but if the team's playing well turn off Op- optimist is going to take us down a little bit too so
1: you are john voight leading jennifer lopez into the <laughs> den of the anacondas hey gotta find that snake man spoiler they there money. were two of them they pay big money for snakes this big <laughs> you come for the sports takes you stay for the john voight impression <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> the bad cajun john voight impression yeah. she wrote to my yeah you know, sound like scarface but brian keep trade cut go all right let's close the silliness off
2: yeah i'm with <laughs> kitty uh get the t- i told you so guy out of my life to me he has no trade value nobody wants to sit with him he only, like he said, he only remembers the things he got right and the thousand things he said that was wrong. They're just wiped from his memory and you can't tell him otherwise. So get him out. I'm going to keep the eternal optimist because I I enjoy watching games. I'm like, Kitty, I'll listen to a guy that when you're down eight runs in the seventh inning, say, hey, it's happened before. I I mean, sometimes that's (laughs) annoying, but that's way better than the eternal pessimist. These guys are the worst. I'm going to trade them. They don't have much trade value, so I'm going to trade for somebody else that most people probably don't want to watch games with, and that is the totally clueless fan. (laughs) (laughs) So when I say that, I mean, one of my best friends from, from grade school, I've went to Royals games with him before. He has no idea what's going on with the Royals or really the game of baseball, but he just wants to go out there and have a good time. And he'll always give you a classic line, a classic question, about just something that, that all, all our wives know the answer to but he, he doesn't he doesn't know he he's a lovable idiot when it comes to baseball sure. so he might when 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 the team's down six runs and the fans are booing he might yell something like were the royals even in the draft this year
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> shout out bryce Bryce, Yep. Every team, every team's in the draft every year. And even if they, they were in the draft this year, but you're not going to see those guys for four years, but I, I appreciate you getting on to them. I, sure. I appreciate, I appreciate it. He, he may ask you a ridiculous question that you'll laugh about for years. Uh-huh. So give me the clueless fan to have, go out there and have a good time. Cause most times it's a game that doesn't mean anything anyway. So give me a, give me a memory for one of those games in July with, doesn't end up mattering but you're always going to remember that time bryce yelled were the royals even in the draft this year
1: <laughs> i'll never forget that so did you ever, the- did, did you have a good hearty chuckle to yourself on that oh. one oh yeah oh yeah you're the only one who didn't i mean there's probably way more fans like that <laughs> yeah i was just like yeah why why isn't brandon finnegan out here they're usually <laughs> the an- usually the angriest ones too the, the oh, people yeah. that know the yeah they're the shooting stars, like I mentioned last week. Yes. I think we,
0: call, I think we, I think we call them Ku fans. Oh, that's how shots you do.
1: fired. That's how you secluded an audience. That's there how you go. do it. Yep, <laughs> we've we've done it successfully. Shut it down. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. They don't have souls, or they don't listen to us either. Um, so that was a fun episode. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That was a very silly, silly round. I really appreciate that uh, the silliness for sure. But that's all we got for the evening. Um, We hope you enjoyed everything we've kind of brought to the table this week. We enjoy having you. Enjoy having you listen to us. If you uh, like what you see, come give us a a follow on social media. At Clearing Waivers is where you can find us. You can find us on YouTube if you want to see our silly faces as we are talking silly things. We do have a YouTube channel, Clearing Waivers. Just give us a search on the YouTube. You'll be able to find it. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all the notifications as they kind of fall when a new episode airs um, we are also very uh, appreciative that's the main word i love to use is appreciative of being part of the royals review channel and the royals review community that's kind of where we're starting or, or not really that's where we're part of the platform um, and they do some great great royals coverage over royals review.com great writers over there like just mentioned the shout out to rax reaper and his royals review um, replay review type of thing article Uh, a lot of good stuff over there so go give them a a look see give them a follow as well royals farm report also doing some great royals coverage especially with the farm system kind of getting picked up Um, they are off and running with their coverage of the royals so um, go give them a look as well but uh, i think that's all we got we uh we want to appreciate you guys one more time thanks for joining us thanks for stopping by ta-ta for now